So several years ago on Easter Sunday, a man approached me after worship with a bulletin in his hand and asked if I would sign it. And friends, I'll confess to you for a moment, I thought he wanted my autograph. Now, over the years, I've had many, many responses to my sermons, but that's not one of them. Um, but as it turned out, he wanted me to sign the bulletin so we, he would have proof that he had been in worship that day. Uh, apparently, he had a spotless attendance record at his home church. He was just visiting with us, and he wanted me to sign that bulletin so he could take it back and get credit. Now, I don't know if he was going for some sort of, you know, McDonald's gift certificate situation or, you know, perfect attendance pin, but he was very serious about it, very insistent. So I signed the bulletin, and he went away very, very happy. Now, friends, I'll confess to you also that I have never been a big fan of record-keeping solely for reward because I think that's the kind of thing that can easily break down into the sort of legalism that the gospel seeks to correct. However, I will also say that I wish more people took worship attendance seriously. I do. I wish more people were serious about corporate worship, about worshiping with their church. And I don't say that just because I work for the corporation. I say that because we need it. We really do. Now more than ever, we need to connect with others for the corporate worship of God. And I recognize that COVID has made that challenging to say the least. We've done a lot of scrambling around here at the church to figure out ways that we could continue to connect together for the public worship of God. And I know there are still folks who feel uncomfortable being physically present because of the pandemic. And I understand that, and I certainly respect that. So also, I, I'll tell you, I, I give thanks to God for our live stream uh, ministry, that we live stream worship every week. Thank you. Thanks be to God for our team that makes that possible. They do such an incredible job because in that way, too, we can join our hearts together in the corporate worship of God. But I, I have to be straight with you. Even with the live stream option, there are many, many people who, during the pandemic, have fallen out of the habit of worshiping with their church. They've just completely let go of corporate worship. And friends, this isn't good. It's not good. Because the public worship of God, worshiping with our church community, is a basic of the Christian life. It's an essential piece of the Christian life. Going all the way back to the very beginning of the Christian church, it was one of the things that people did because they recognized it was so incredibly important. Friends, the truth is that we need to worship with our church, and we need to do that regularly. Jesus himself made corporate worship of God a priority in his life. We see throughout the Gospels references to Jesus being present in the synagogue, which was his church. One of those references is our text this morning from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, where we're told that Jesus goes to Nazareth, 
And then on the Sabbath day, he goes to the synagogue as was his custom. As was his custom. That's such an unusual phrase, isn't it? It always stands out for me when I read this text. As was his custom. That only appears twice in the New Testament, both times in the Gospel of Luke. Here in chapter 4, where we're told that Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day for public worship, as was his custom. And it appears again later when we're told that Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, as was his custom. Friends, given that throughout his ministry, Jesus was heavily criticized for discarding customs that he found non-beneficial, didn't help his overall mission. The fact that he holds on to these two as a custom, as a habit, public worship and private prayer, well, that's significant. It tells us that these things were essential to Jesus' life. They were habits for him, friends, because they fed his soul. You see? They fed his soul. And that's why we connect together for corporate worship. That's why we worship as a church, because we need to do that to feed our souls. We don't connect in worship because it's a duty or an obligation or because we're going to get extra points with God or because that's just what nice people do. Corporate worship of God is an essential spiritual habit that feeds our souls in a unique way, opens us to the love of God, to the transforming grace of God in a very unique way. The father of Methodism, John Wesley, put it this way. He said, public worship of God is a channel of grace. I love that phrase. I can't get enough of it. It's a channel of grace. Bishop Will Willimon tells a story about visiting one of his congregants, a lawyer, at his office one day. He went to the lawyer's office late on a weekday, so everyone else had gone home. He was there by himself. And Willimon went and found this man's individual office and knocked on the door, and the man looked up and said, well, hello, preacher. I was just about to make myself a drink. Do you want one? And Willimon said, well, if it's caffeine-free and diet, then yes. So the man poured the drinks. His was a little stronger. And they went out and they sat in the reception area for the law firm. And the lawyer put his feet up on a coffee table and leaned back in a chair and took a big swig of his drink and sighed. And Willimon said, well, how was your day? And the lawyer said, typical, miserable. Willimon said, I'm so sorry. Why was it so miserable? And he said, well, it started out uh, this morning with a hard meeting. I met with a brother and sister team who wanted me to help them evict their elderly father from his home so that they could put him in an institution and then ransack his house for everything that they wanted. Legal, but terrible. Then he said around lunchtime, a man came in, a business owner, and he said he wanted me to help him find a legal loophole, a way that he could withhold some benefits that he owed his employees. Again, legal, but terrible. 
And then he said, I, I wrapped up the day by meeting with a woman who wanted me to help her ram home a very unfair and punitive divorce settlement because she wants to ruin her ex-husband's life. Legal, but terrible. So that's my day, and you see, said the lawyer, why I'm in your church every Sunday. Willeman was taken aback. He was really pretty stunned, and he said, you know, I'm sitting here trying to think of what I could possibly say on a Sunday morning in a sermon that would help you. And the man said, well, no offense, preacher, but I'm, I'm not usually there for the sermon. I come for the music. He said, I can go a whole week without any beauty, little good, until Sunday. And then I hear that choir sing. And for me, that can be the difference between life and death. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt starved for beauty, goodness, innocence, light, love, grace? Well, then corporate worship is your tonic because we come together as the church and open our hearts to God together and in that, we are reminded that we are not alone, that God has not abandoned us here, that Jesus Christ is always with us, that there is beauty and there is truth and there is goodness, that we have hope. And that is how we make it. I'm serious. That is how we make it. We come together for the public worship of God. And we sing the songs and we pray the prayers and we listen to the sermon and we participate in the baptisms and we witness the professions of faith and we are reminded that we have each other and we have Christ and we are not alone and we can thus make it. And I have to tell you too that it breaks my heart that there are young people in this community, in this community, not on the other side of San Antonio, not in another city, not in another state. Right here in this community, there are young people who have never held a hymnal in their hands, have never raised their voice in song together, do not know a single verse of Holy Scripture, have never sat next to the strong shoulder of a believing man or woman. And I worry about them. How will they make it, friends? How will they make it? This is the sort of thing that keeps me up at night. How will they make it without regular worship of God with their church? You know, I mentioned earlier that um, I give thanks to God for the live stream. That really has been an incredible gift 
something that we've leaned into during the pandemic, and we'll continue to lean into it because it allows us to reach new people, diverse people, all kinds of people with the love of Jesus, and that's an amazing thing. I hope you know that hundreds of people worship with this church every week like that. Hundreds of people. Some of them are members of the church who, who don't feel safe yet coming and being present. Others are, are just members of our community around us who haven't even visited here, but they join us in that way. Still others live in, in cities far away and even other states. But regularly, they join together with us and worship as the church. One of those people is a woman that I received a letter from a while back. She lives in another city. And prior to the pandemic, she said she hadn't been in church to worship, hadn't worshipped with any community in a really long time. She was baptized as an infant, and she said as she grew older, she, she wasn't taken to church by her family, and she just sort of fell away, you know. But during COVID, she began to feel isolated, lonely, and depressed. And she started to wonder if maybe reconnecting with, with God would help. So she thought she'd find a church online. And friends, I don't know how, I really don't, in the ocean of the internet, but she found us. And she began to worship with us by live stream. And she's faithfully with us week after week. I wanted to read to you a portion of the letter she wrote me because I think her words are so powerful. She said, I want to thank you for your online worship services. Everything is so meaningful. The prayers and the music and the sermons. COVID has been very hard for me, and I feel alone a lot of the time. But I never miss a Sunday because I feel close to God when I worship with your church. I hope Sunday I can come to visit in person, but even if I don't, I already feel like Alamo Heights is my church, and all of you make a difference in my life. See the power of your witness. See the good you do. See how God uses this church to reach people in love. It makes a difference in her life. Joining our hearts with others for corporate worship of God makes a positive difference in our lives. It made a difference in Jesus' life. It was a priority for him. It was his custom. You see, the power was in the continuity, and the continuity was in the habit, and the habit was rooted in the particularity of a faith community to which he returned again and again and again. Look, I know we can worship by ourselves. We can pray by ourselves on a mountaintop. We can give glory to God on the golf course. I know that's possible. There's a place for that kind of worship. But it will not substitute for joining our hearts with our church and worshiping God and Jesus Christ together. Because this worship this time is a channel of grace.
a basic of the Christian life. It was Jesus' custom. And as his followers, friends, it should be ours as well. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we give you thanks for you are present with us in every moment of our lives. But we know that somehow your grace is made especially real to us when we join our hearts in corporate worship. Lord, thank you for the gift of the church. Thank you for the ability to continue to worship you, even in the midst of the pandemic. Lord, help us to be faithful and be those who regularly worship you with others so we may be transformed in your image. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.